everybody, and welcome to In My Opinion, The Good Fight Podcast. This one covering Season 2, Episode 13, the season finale of Episode 2, titled Day 492. I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and today I'm joined by Molly Scullion. Hello. Jack O'Keefe. Hello. Yes, they are back. Also back, Tia Kemp. <laughs> hello. And Keen Cobb. Hello. Hello, hello. All right, uh, we got a lot to do tonight, so we're just going to jump right into the first impression, season two, episode 13. King. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was a really, I still think episode 10 was a better, like, finale ish kind of episode. Um, or not, not 10. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I think it was 10. I think it was 10. Um, but I think this one really uh, got a lot done. It tied up some loose ends, created some drama for some future stuff, um, things that might lead into uh, someone's locks. Uh, so I'm very, uh, not, not just these, but like actual like locks <laughs> in this season. Um, but yeah, I think uh, they I think they got the third season and kind of lined up pretty nicely right now. Okay. See ya. There was a babe that was born <laughs> Not in a manger, but in the shire. And that babe's name was Joseph. Um, so I am, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because I know Kush, uh, Kush J, Kush Jumbo mm -hmm. was actually mm -hmm. pregnant. And then, you know, she had her TV baby. And, you know, a few years ago, she had a real baby. So it's a genuine celebration for us all. Um, I agree with Keen. Um, when Adrian got shot, felt more finale-ish. Um, but there were still some some fun things. I'm really glad that Diane and Kurt um, are totally honest and have like a whole understanding about the cheatation situation that happened. So mm -hmm. that was that my anxiety has slowed because of that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm mostly just excited about the baby. I'm a little worried about Diane. But yeah, that's but it was, you know, it was an all right episode. I think, you know, the baby is here safe. So I'm, I'm, I am satisfied with this finale. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say Jack and Molly, since you did not uh, appear on the previous podcast, if there's any other thoughts you have on the previous episodes, you can also add those into your impressions. Uh, Molly? Um, yeah, I have all of the final three episodes I enjoyed. Um, of this season um i feel like uh this this one had some like really like uh almost sitcom-y warm moments toward the end not quite sitcom -y, but like when luca's pulling up to the house and then um maya and marissa are there and it's like oh the car i want to see there it's, <laughs> it was like this very it was a sweet moment um but unusual for for this kind of for this show so it was it was neat to see that and also to see luca as she has just become a mother to like be vulnerable enough to admit that she likes having certain people around her um mm -hmm. uh was nice to see and the, I mean, every time somebody at the law firm is in trouble, I, I know they're going to figure it out, but, but it makes me nervous. It always yeah. makes me nervous. Yeah. So this is one of those, I don't know how they're going to get Diane out of this one situation, <laughs> but I'm glad her and Kurt are, are in it together and sexting mm -hmm. on the same computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jack. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, again, I don't want to get ahead of our ending segment, but uh, one of the real winners of this episode was friendship and coming together. <laughs> yeah. 
just I think while plot wise, you know, maybe a couple episodes ago, the arc felt more finale worthy. I feel like character relationship wise, this was a great finale, uh, a sort of resting uh, of a lot of the active arcs, uh, good setup for the future, uh, but, but still plenty of uh, menace on the horizon. I, I love the way this season ends and how it, it pulls in a, a real life moment for uh, foreshadowing of where the show goes and the country goes. Uh, cool. I agree with all those uh, first impressions. For me, definitely enjoyed the the episode. I agree that it didn't feel quite as season finale-ish as season 10. Like the last three episodes kind of felt like bonus episodes to this season, as if they were writing and they were like, I don't want to end on him getting shot in some sort of cliffhanger that we're probably within our style just going to blow completely past then Adrian's up and mm-hmm. walking around again in season season um, three. Um, but I did enjoy the last three episodes, really enjoyed this one. Jack? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, I think it's not a mistake that after this season, they went back to 10 episodes mm. uh, for the third season. I, I think that they found that that was kind of the sweet spot for the storytelling they're doing and that uh, the, the two episodes were or two, three extra episodes, right? Because it's episode yep. 13. Uh, yeah, were, uh, you know, while appreciated, let them explore a little bit more, uh, uh, was a little looser of a narrative. Yeah. And we'll see in the future. Yeah, because I will say that the episode prior to this with Jay's citizenship is probably just one of my favorite storylines, not necessarily yeah. as far as the entire series goes, like in what, it, you know, I mean, it was so interesting to see Jay in that, but just the way that particular case plays out is one of my all-time favorites um, mm-hmm. of the of the show, and I, even though yeah, maybe it didn't need to happen, I I still I gobbled it right up anyway. Oh yeah, I I don't think that these three episodes would have been the ones that like got scrapped. I mm-hmm. I honestly feel like I feel like the PP episode might not have made the cut if uh, if they didn't yeah. have the thirteen episodes to like get a little weirder with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I also agree with Molly within this episode that things did get a little sitcom-y. Uh, there mm-hmm. was those moments that she mentioned, but also one moment in particular uh, where the baby is is being born, Marissa is there, and uh, Adrian says to Julius, uh, can you take over on the violence committee? And Marissa's like, I can't. I got to go to the hospital. And he's like, not you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all you. Uh, just mean- a very sitcom fun moment. It was very sitcom-y, but is it really that far out of Marissa's character? Oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> so it's that's not the, I enjoyed that part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it too. I don't mean that it's out of character for anybody so okay. much as the timing of everything was very, the timing, the comedic timing of it was very sitcom The best comedic timing might have been the, um, the, the, the deep throat part where, uh, <laughs> where she turns back, she's gone. My, my car's over here. <laughs> oh, shit. She's so fast. Yeah. That was, I love that part. Yeah. There is no trope that the kings are uh, too scared to use and too cowardly to not undercut. <laughs> and they're too uh, uncowardly. I don't know. It's a compliment. Do I call yeah. you deep throat? No, I don't do that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, but yeah, overall, really enjoy the episode. And let's get into it with the violence committee. What a what a crew they have assembled. I <laughs> love that worse. the roster of this universe runs so deep that 
if they need a familiar idiot, <laughs> there's not just yeah. one person they can go to. They have a <laughs> roster of choices. One of who happens to be beloved journalist Mo Rocca. Mm-hmm. I love it. Felt, it felt weird seeing Mo Rocca be so damn dumb. Like it was, <laughs> it was off-putting. Like Trick, I'm used to Trick being a complete idiot, and I think this is when he spilled uh, cream cheese on the tie or something. Like, okay, mm-hmm. of course Trick would do that. But then Mr. Um, which mind you, I wasn't a theater kid growing up, but the third idiot, he made like performing arts look bad. I'm sorry. He wanted to solve <laughs> violence yeah. with a mm-hmm. with a jingle. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> and he's I mean, that's a classic uh good wife character right there. He was in it since like season two of The Good Wife, maybe season one as like uh uh Peter Florick's like number one fanboy that wow. the Oh shit, was, was that like, him? That was him. The, the guy that the camp- guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the campaign shit. was like constantly trying to like keep quiet uh, because he was so cringe as displayed here. I did not recognize him as that person. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, other thoughts? Yeah, I bet they, knowing that a lot of, um, obviously like the, the cast and the actors are very liberal. Um, just thinking about how much fun they had kind of playing these roles and and poking fun at these really these real life people um and yeah i felt really bad for adrian and and julius just kind of the whole setup with the oh i got some powerhouses and i was even like ooh, who, who's gonna be at the table um <laughs> especially after before i feel like the last time we were in this setting they were talking about like the big six and they got kind of take tried to get taken advantage of um or almost got taken advantage of in that situation we're trying to drop the police brutality cases. So I'm like, surely they're really <laughs> at a good table. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, oh man. And I couldn't have stayed. <laughs> so I, don't, I would just like do whatever you want. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. So I'm glad it worked out in the end. And were they saying that Rahm Emanuel assembled that crew? I thought that was one, one of the more unbelievable aspects of the, of things. He's a, you know, Obama person. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the kind of thing where, like, someone can say Rob made the choice, but Rob may have, like, half-heartedly looked at it and said, like, sure. And also, this is not a show that has been uncritical of Rob Emanuel in the past. For sure. For sure. Um, um, yeah. Something some, some I like, and once again, it goes to the writing. Uh, I think Jack mentioned this, like, a few episodes ago, but just, like, how... And it hurts my brain to think back to it, but like how char- character, how can I say, caricaturish they, 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 each one of those um, people were, like the four idiots. It's crazy because it's not that much of a caricature. Like no. there really are people in power that dumb, if not dumber. Um, and the fact that they were able to, <laughs> I love the fact that like, at the end of the episode, they just want to. Everybody at the firm is like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just make things work. Things work for us. They didn't take any minutes. Let's just mm-hmm. let's write what we <laughs> yeah. wanted to write. That was the the best part of the the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. is that it was for nothing. Uh, so he was just able to just be like, "Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> yeah. It was. I did like the moment where where it was like, "Well, they are actually powerhouses. Like they might be." 
<laughs> idiots but technically mm-hmm. speaking the amount of influence and sway they have in our world is mm-hmm. so you know huge that it's it, it was bizarre to think about that terminology being used to describe actual idiots yeah I, I think something that this universe is so good at or just that i i that enthuses me is its interest in understanding the enemy uh, for lack of a better mm-hmm. phrase, that it, it, it doesn't want to just create this like faceless, you know, uh, you know, the, the institution, it understands that institutions are made up of these people. And that's the problem, and maybe the solution, but mostly the problem. And it wants its viewers to understand what they're working with, because they're not going to fix anything if they don't know who they are trying to defeat, for lack of a better word. Right. Anything more? We can move on. Um, there was one moment that I think frustrates me with just the political divide, like the the gaslighting and how mm-hmm. things get twisted. But early on, I, I forget the main guy who kind of was ushering Julius and Adrian into the room. But when, when he came, when Adrian came back out and was like, you can't be serious. Um, the guy was like, oh, you know, you sound elitist <laughs> um, by not wanting to work with these people. Like, what's up? You know, um, so what is when people are like so much for the tolerant left you know you're out here it's that kind of energy so um yeah but that was that was a moment that i'm like "Mm -hmm, that 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 tracks which is such a frustrating tactic because like everyone in that room was an elite there were no non-elites in that room it's just that some elites claim to be more for the non-elites right uh, than others and can use that yeah it's like, don't listen to celebrities, but we have a president who's a celebrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I was, Brialba also doing this because I ended up doing this with the whole lawyer song. I found myself also trying to find words that rhyme with lawyer, <laughs> even though <laughs> I was frustrated. I was like, yeah, what else rhymes with lawyer? <laughs> um, so anyway. I muted it. I can't, I don't know what it is with me, but like, <laughs> cringeworthy singing in like a fictional medium I need to like mute it I like cannot deal with it I think it pulls me back to the times in my childhood where I was singing and I shouldn't have been and was Uh. rightfully punished for doing show and I was like (laughs) I can't go back I can't go back now I'm curious but (laughs) I know I just had a monster of a choir teacher that's all it is Mm, okay Um, yeah so that storyline ends up four to two but as we pointed out earlier adrian's just like fuck them no, minutes. no one took minutes no no no, one minutes. no one's gonna read the proposal we're gonna do what we want mm-hmm. um yeah because they wanted like the proposal for them was uh arm the teachers or not arm the teachers, yeah that's, the that's what they say for the school shootings arm the lawyers uh and defense come on terrible uh let's go to diane's troubles involving kurt and tully how you feel tia is shaking her head already it always comes back the cheatation situations always come back you can't hide you can't there's no secrets you can't hide nothing from your partners it's always come back and out of all the people for her to like mess around with Mm -hmm. her on oh by the way are we are we defining this as cheating since they're separate because i don't want to say she was cheating or is it kind of like they were free agents there was something there was some sneakiness to it but i I don't Mm -hmm. know that i would qualify it as full-on cheating since they were yeah separated but it was sneaky i don't think it's cheating but i don't think that kurt would be 
inappropriate for like being hurt a little mm-hmm. bit like i don't think he would have any grounds to be like you're cheating you're unfaithful or anything but i think right. he, he, he get his feelings hurt and she loves him and doesn't want to hurt his feelings right yeah she yeah there was there was a lot there i i was very nervous if every time they kept bringing the recordings out um because at first i thought they were done with one recording when mm-hmm. they had her bugged when she was in bed with tully so i was like oh snap that's horrible this uh, it's not gonna go good for you diane and i was like okay well Speaking we did that worse yeah i know and then all of a sudden <laughs> did you threaten and I felt that one threat. Remember, I kept saying that towards Julius, and they were like, "Actually, <laughs> we're going to use that for later." Um, so then they brought back yet a second recording. So I was like, "Uh oh, you in danger, Diane," and I think she's still in danger. So, and you know, I I said what I said, and I held the true uh, all throughout this show. When you know Margot Martindale, beloved character actress, do not tr- I do not trust any member of the DNC on this show. And I have once again, I, I am, as I always, granted, I've already seen this season, so I knew, but still, I always thought that. Never, never trust a DNC person on this show. Not even a real life DNC person. Uh, who is it that shows up in The Good Wife? We were just talking about her the other week. Brazil? Donna Brazil. Donna Brazil. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do think on the, the, the more positive note, what a a turnaround i think this continues to reflect for liz and liz, then therefore liz and diane's relationship but mm-hmm. i mean because th- i do think there was a point in time where the the writing was potentially leading us down a path of these two are going to have a contentious relationship and i do feel like this season finale where liz is is doing such good work for her mm-hmm. um and being so on top of exactly how she should talk to everyone, I just I'm like, oh no, this this for me solidifies that they're in each other's corners in in a very big way, and it's not this like oh partners who, you know, might be turning on each other and and creating new firms or whatever. It's like no, it seems like they're they're in it for the long haul in this moment. So I do appreciate that about the storyline. So long as Diane doesn't get disbarred and indicted, you know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. It wouldn't be a season of in the good verse if that wasn't a potential. Yeah. Um, true. One thing I loved about this is that Tully uh, was like all but representing himself in in this. Uh, he's uh, he's not pleading the fifth. He waived his attorney-client privilege. He's basically saying, "Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I'm doing it again." Uh, yeah. And she, and Diana's just like, "Oh God, will you fucking stop?" Um, and it was uh, Basehart, I think his name was, uh, Keith mm-hmm. Mars from Veronica Mars, uh, who is back. Uh, yeah, it does look like they are coming after this firm uh, and, Keith and the Mars, major that, players. I want to issue correctly, that is the lead ailing from Galaxy Quest to you, sir. <laughs> yes. That is who we're talking about right now. It was, <laughs> it was brought up on a previous, uh, I did mention okay. Galaxy Quest, just to be fair. Okay, th- I just wanted to, for the record. Or are we going <laughs> to ignore uh, lead photographer for, was it Blush Magazine? On, uh, <laughs> just shoot me. <laughs> it was also brought up on a previous... Uh, previous okay, I, I apologize for not having done my homework on that regard. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't get into his full 
uh, IMDb page, we can bring up those. Welcome to the Colatoni cast, <laughs> discussing <laughs> all your favorite Enrico Colatoni performances in very little detail. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I, I did like seeing him back. Um, and uh, also, I'll, I'll kind of want to go back just a little bit to the relationship between uh, Diane and Liz. I love the fact that I don't know if they forcefully did it, but I, I love the the look of it that compared to last year or last season finale, um, it was Adrian and Diane talking over like once the, the, the city like the the, the um the lights went out, the electric or whatever was, was shut down. Um and she was in the middle of saying it this time last year, we were sitting here, blah blah blah. And Liz just inserted herself right into the conversation, sat down, like, yeah. Let's, let's chat. Well, last year, Barb was just sitting on the outside. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Which was, like, <laughs> it was very odd to see her like that. So it was cool to see, like, yeah, this is a, like you said, it's a really group team dynamic. And you saw that. Um, I, know we, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, when uh, the pregnancy was announced, how, like, everybody was on, on like, pins and needles about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I really like seeing them together, them working together now. Um and I feel bad for for uh uh I forgot I forgot his real name uh for Keith Mark I feel bad for him uh because Rico Calantoni like he, hmm? Rico Calantoni I feel bad for Rico uh Enrico <laughs> um because he seemed like he was a good dude even the character was a good guy who was doing his job but man you uh you come at the you come at the Kings uh you come for the crown you best not miss and he missed yeah. that so. I don't know. An ice agent can save a cat from a tree, but he's still an ice agent. Mm. Exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. And that's uh, like a really good like. It, I mean, I feel like this ice agent is sh- saving like a really good-looking purebred cat. You yeah. Know? Not... <laughs> yeah, that's like a three thousand dollar cat he's saving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, other other um, things throughout this, we had the uh, what's her name, Aubrey. Kleinbon, something Kleinbon, uh, the porn actress. Uh, oh yeah, with her whispery voice. Follow the women. Yes, another Broadway <laughs> Broadway star. Is it? Who's this? Yeah, uh, this is Taylor Lauterman, who um, most recently played Regina George in Mean Girls on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they are pulling them all in. All of them. Does she have any beef with anybody that we should know about? <laughs> <laughs> Has she also? Does Sutton Foster like her or not? <laughs> That's what I need to know. As far as I know, they they um, are fine. We'll see. I'll I'll do some digging. I'll report back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we also learned that uh, Ruth Eastman is yeah the ones that uh, leaked it, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't get the reasoning because she's like the Democrats are always viewed as being a bunch of pussies, um, and here they are being like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, like oh no, it's a pussy move. Like what yeah. are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Rather than just owning it. Uh, oh. Yeah. Terrible. Well, that and kind that of reminds me how they, how they do everything. Yeah, I, that that kind of reminds me where early on, and um, I feel like I brought this up before, but earlier in Trump's presidency, uh, even a lot of uh, I guess traditional Democrats were hesitant um, to say that he was a white supremacist. And then about two years in, then it was like, okay, yeah, he's a white supremacist, but they kept dancing around it. And even recently, oh, I was so disappointed. Um, 
where uh, when Tim Scott was like, oh, America is not a racist country. And Kamala Harris agreed with him and was like, it's not racist, but it got problems. I'm like, girl, shut up. <laughs> like, come on. So anyway, yeah, just kind of, um, yeah, just dancing around stuff. But I was bummed that uh, Ruth, yeah, Ruth, Ruth ain't, she ain't cool. So I wonder how mm-hmm. this is going to impact their relationship moving forward because Liz was not happy and she on the, she's in the, what is it? The, uh, not the event. Did she call them the Avengers? No, the Justice League, right? Yeah, the little like team of lawyers that were trained right. out by the DNC. <clears throat> yeah, so I wonder how that's going to impact things. Um, one more thing I want to mention about the case. I <laughs> I don't know what training school they went to, but between Madeline Starkey and I forget the two women who were the FBI agents who are part of Kurt's uh, interview process, but they are sneaky little liars. <laughs> they just like <laughs> the way they present things, like everything's fine. This isn't going to be adversarial or oh you can say what you want and then it's like they straight up trying to you know catch you slipping they're not your friends they're not trying to look out for you um I think I I appreciate Madeline's approach a little bit better because man those two I just didn't like the way they kind of tried to pit you know pit Kurt and <laughs> don't let him put Kurt in a corner uh so but he kicked it him out which was dope lacked all the uh the quirkiness of a Starkey interview right yep um that rise kurt kicking them out i really enjoyed that but it also reminds me because he says he doesn't like to swear in that moment and i I, i'm i'm going back an episode or two now but when diane says that she doesn't like to swear at one point did you talk about this a couple episodes ago i think it would have been one i missed but she says something like i don't like swearing and i'm like yes you do i was like this is the biggest lie of the entire season you- <laughs> i think they were talking about the, the asshole's website to jerry and like look i don't like swearing either oh, but right. it is what it's called right? yes. Right, right, so. yes thank you <clears throat> uh, but yeah speaking of swearing it's almost as if they were like hey it's the season finale and we still have a billion dollars in our swear budget so <laughs> uh we gotta spend uh, because damn, Paramount Plus, or at this time CBS All Access, was really just letting them go. They had, a whole, mm-hmm. they had those two scenes where that's all they were doing was cursing. Loved it. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Kurt, Tully, Diane? Uh, I mean, Diane? this makes me like Kurt even more because uh, he's like a. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, my one, probably my favorite fictional character ever ron swanson where it's just like a man's man but soft enough when he needs to be in front of the important people but usually the fact that like they, they bring them all this new information he's just sitting there taking it, he's just like all right yeah uh get the fuck out of my house get out seriously you come in here with all this bullshit get out of my house and they're like oh don't you want the job i don't care about the job no more get the fuck out so yeah uh I do to say I think I'm sure Diane has has a fine apartment. Kurt's house rules. <laughs> move into there. Why are they why are they trying move to figure out how to move into Diane's place? Beautiful tree outside. Beautiful. Looks like a cherry blossom, maybe. Wonderful, like very high ceilings. God. How far out is it though? That's I mean true. <laughs> the, the, the commute is probably gonna be rough. That's not a that's not a you know, that's not near the loop. <laughs> um, <laughs> more likely not. Yeah. Um, 
um, with the Kurt, I we can't move on from Kurt and Diane without talking about the, you know, him Diane thinking that his house was bugged and mm-hmm. how they communicated over the laptop. Mm-hmm. And what? when he what? mentioned, oh, and then when he's like, they asked about your gun. What did you say? Told him to go to hell. Let's get busy. <laughs> I want to make love to you right now. I mean, you shouldn't say that, but it no, was so hot. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, like what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that, that was so cool. Um, so, and, and it's funny because this whole time when I was mad at Kurt, here goes Molly. I love Kurt. I like Kurt. Kurt's awesome. And after that scene, I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> he has he has redeemed himself. Now I understand why Molly likes Kurt. So I've been I've been mad at him this whole time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, that was that was tight. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think yeah, and I probably that was you know me letting my you know knowledge of the rest of his storyline get to me. But it's true. I always hold a soft spot for him, and I feel like this episode is the perfect you know, final redemption for him, for all of the audience to truly forgive him. Like, I think the way he acts in that moment when he, the FBI is questioning him about Tully staying at the apartment. And obviously that's him finding out about it. And Mm -hmm. um, then the exchange he has with the FBI telling them to, to get out of his house. And then finally, when they're together and Diane's like, I need to tell you about this. And he's like, no, you don't. It's okay. Like, like just that, we we are good clean slate mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. on the same page moving forward i love it oh i love it mm-hmm. one I, uh I, oh, sorry. I do want to call attention to one moment that i really love from this plot line which is after diane has discovered uh that uh you know that tolly's waiving of attorney client privilege allowed uh for that tape to be played and discovering that it was bugged when she initially thinks it's tolly the way that Christine Baranski lets all like the decorum and the poise of Diane fade away, mm-hmm. masterful. Yeah. This show uses it very sparingly to give it more impact when it happens, but th- those moments where uh, we see Diane go like become like bestial for lack of, I keep saying for lack of a better word, my words are good. I need to start believing my Great words. words. Great uh, words. Well, when she goes, <laughs> Uh, bestial and just like goes like into attack mode it's just thrilling and a little scary but mm. so good and and one of those moments where as much as Diane is a reserved character uh, we we know that it, it's a great display for why Christine Baranski is not just like phoning it in and that she's giving like one of the best performances on television uh, one small detail uh, I wanted to mention was just in the editing of the episode. And that is in this storyline when she first puts that flower pot in the window and it transitions into the opening uh, to quote Jack. Mm. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. So good. So, so good. Uh, yeah. Loved it. And storyline ends with them planting a story with uh, Willoughby, Moraka. Uh, to get Baseheart uh, fired by Trump. So that worked. Uh, and then there's, the, as it kind of fades out, uh, there's the kill all lawyers becomes kill all reporters. And you have the tweet from the president, which I don't know if this is an exact tweet, but 
he's tweeted stuff like this a bunch of times. Sad news, mainstream media needs to learn. Um, but yeah. And then we have that lawyer song. Mm. Well, then also between that, that, uh, that true to life clip uh, of him in front of those reporters talking about a coming storm. Mm, and everyone's yes. like, oh, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, you'll see. And I think for a while we were like, oh, it wasn't anything. And then the Capitol got stormed. And maybe he wasn't directly <laughs> talking about that, but it, it's not disconnected, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. Uh, all right, let's head over to the nursery for Luca's baby. Uh, and again, as I'd like to point out, for those playing the In My Opinion home game, Tia's background today is in the hospital and it's Luca <laughs> giving birth. Specifically the scene where the moms are fighting as <laughs> Luca's trying to give birth. Oh man. Uh, yeah, one mom, Luca's mom, played by TV's Judith Light. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so a, what are I your thoughts? Beef, I got a beef with that. Oh, I got babe. a beef with that. Um, Starting off with a beef. Yeah. Uh, Fresh, fresh, fresh to order beef coming up right now. Uh, I'm gonna sound really bad. Sound really weird. I didn't enjoy the casting of Judith Light. I understand, like not not her specifically, but like, ah man, I felt like they they were establishing something, and they kind of fell through on the parents, like with uh, with Luca and then with her brother. They had like a certain uh, their facial feature, like their face looks similar. And then when they showed the parents, neither one of those people have that kind of similarity to the to either child. So like that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot to think about, or even too much to even look into. Um, but uh, like the, the her dad or the person that played her dad, he's always someone's older, usually good, well off father. Um, and uh, the whole don't bother your daughter with the fact y'all getting a divorce. She just had a child. Your grandparents now. Keep that shit to yourself, all right? Oh, we used to always fight all the time. We're a lot quieter now. I'm like, oh, okay, so the love is gone. All right, thanks, Dad, for telling me. And then Judah Light drops it on her, too, and it's just like, I mean, I kind of did like seeing someone like check Francesca here and there because as strong-willed as Luca is, she doesn't do that, which I'm kind of surprised with. She got, She started to a little bit in this episode, her mom was just straight up like the the, the tension outside mm-hmm. of the room was perfect. They were just like chit chatting, very like I don't want to be uh, mean, but like had a friend who had a had a great joke back in the day. Um, the way white people argue is that they aggressively appreciate the other one, and it keeps uh, escalating. It's like, oh my god, have a great day. No, you have a better one. So it was that kind of thing. Until eventually, Francesca was like, fuck this. And then they was very scrapped. So I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Yeah, that was thoroughly entertaining. Um, yeah, I would. I was <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. So I think how I made my peace with it uh, internally, I was like, it's her half-brother. Uh, going, going back yeah. to the brother. But um, other than that, I uh, that moment, uh, <laughs> that moment when Francesca sees Dr. Coulson, who is a doctor, um and not Luca's mom I'm just like oh like I've been there but then I was also excited because I was like oh look who they casted for Luca's mom like I was surprised um so I also thought it was Luca's mom (laughs) but I've also been in that situation I was once I was at a wedding there was like one uh like black uh 
it was like a little girl or somebody, but she was like a, a bunch of flower girls, but I think they were like the only black girl at the wedding. And I went to the bathroom and someone was like, your daughter is precious. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm here with my friends. That is not my child. Um, I was like, are those people all your relatives? I don't know. But uh, I've been in those moments. And also, I think also shared this on this podcast, how Francesca immediately starts talking about Tanzania with the doctor. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, it was, oh man, I, I, it was nice to see Francesca get yelled at a little bit just because of all that, that stuff. But again, love Andrea Martin. Just, mm. they, she cracks me up. Yeah. She plays that part really well. I can't stand her in that. Uh, <laughs> I can't stand, uh, Francesca as a, um, human being. Um, but it, yeah, definitely played very well. I did enjoy one thing that she did when she came in, when Luca or, uh, Colin arrives, uh, her mother's here. Did you know that they're religious? <laughs> you know, uh, I just, as flips it in there real quiet. And I, I do appreciate the show highlighting the irony of white people that were super into Get Out once other people told them that it was a good movie. <laughs> uh, the movie about the people who were like, oh, I loved Obama now that we all voted for him and everyone said it was great. Right. Uh, I, I, that's just such a specific genre of white people that I love examining. I would love to, like, I don't want to be like an evil scientist, but I just want to apart and see what the fuck happened <laughs> uh colin is in dc at this time uh but he's traveling traveling back and luca's mom keeps bringing up judith light tv's judith light uh keeps bringing up uh who's not here while you're giving birth <laughs> like she's two weeks early uh which is another fun thing throughout the storyline is how everybody kept mentioning that now it was two weeks from now we had it on calendar what are you talking about you had other plans Molly? I, I really like this because it feel it feels so true to a mom who doesn't like like what what her kid's partner did did to them you know and it's like so obviously it gives this background of like of <laughs> if this makes sense but it, to me it says like Luca t talked to her mom about her relationship with Colin and how Colin had screwed her over at different points in time. Mm -hmm. Her mom has made okay, the decision she saying. does not like Colin. So now <laughs> no matter he can control the situation or not, everything he does is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Just no matter what, it is his yeah. fault and he is not present for her daughter. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, it feels like such a such a mom move. That's, oh, that's, I've, I've, I've learned that lesson. I've learned, I don't tell my parents anything about my relationship ever because <laughs> I want them to maybe like the person someday. <laughs> quick quick question. What happened to Colin's dad? Wasn't he around in season one or was he at that party yeah. when, um, oh, when, Colin, yeah. when Colin introduced Luca to the family? He was like messing with, he brought in like a new friend like we all knew what that was or what that meant but yeah dad's his dad is nowhere to be found and not being yelled uh, at about it so mm. huh any other thoughts on the uh on the birth um joseph well, yeah. quinn morello <laughs> yeah that was really cute for um for a magical pregnancy that looked like it spawned <laughs> very quickly that was a long labor, a long day of labor. I think they said she was, she was like literally everything happened while she was giving birth. So like that was the entire day. So like 19, 20 something hours she was in labor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I will say, uh, yeah, because speaking of her long labor, she'll, she ended up giving birth at what, like 1.15 in the morning and all of them being at the law firm and cheersing her together and hanging out and all. I was like, wow, this is the first time I've missed working at an improv theater. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> staying late with only the select few people and, and uh, drinking in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I love that line from Julius that says, good thing nobody showed up to our party. We got 20 cases of these. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Which is also very true to uh, the place mm-hmm. we used to work. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, except it'd be two cases of Yingling. <laughs> yeah, that's been sitting around for three months. Yeah. <laughs> or that t- there, was like seven, there was like seven boxes of cheap faux champagne. <laughs> yeah. Genesis, Genesis beer. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was like a big-ass jug of... Um, because I did a show there where we used it for a prop. It was like a big jug of um, Fireball whiskey. Mm. But the problem was, for the show, we swapped it out for iced tea. But I couldn't remember if that jug was the whiskey or the iced tea, but I was too afraid to even try it either way. Because either the iced tea would be real nasty or it'd be hot Fireball. So I was like, no, thank you. I might have Welcome to uh, Shit Fit, the podcast about the rise and fall of the Philly Improv Theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are not talking about Crossroads Comedy Theater, where we have shows. <laughs> Online and in person, June We have 11th shows at a, com- <laughs> at a completely fresh slate. Yeah. Uh, xroadscomedy.com. Uh, any more thoughts on the birth? I feel like there should be a book on just all the stereotypical things they do in TV when it comes to pregnancy and delivery. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, all this, like, a lot of the stuff like the swearing and, you know, sometimes that happens, but just, yeah, it, they kind of leaned into everybody swearing together, which I think it was like cute at first. And I was like, oh, we're still doing this. But um, at some point, Luca was just getting mad at the doctor because there was the thing with the epidural and then they curbed it. Um, but then also just telling the doctor straight up, like, you are rude, you are mean. <laughs> um, so some of that was funny. I liked seeing all of that. And um, But yeah, towards the beginning, I was like, kind of going back to what Molly said, just kind of some of the moments feeling very sitcom-y. Mm-hmm. I was just like, uh, it just didn't do anything for me, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So. Especially when this is a show that's usually so much more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but and I was a little jealous because my my sister gave birth in November and only one person could be in the delivery room and I think Uh-oh. Luca had like four or five people <laughs> so I was like oh yeah. the before times, um so yeah, yeah. so no, so nice like be able everyone was there even though it was very chaotic. Yeah, I was like I don't know if I'm just so deep into our current situation or if I just really or what or if I just always misunderstood, but I always thought it was, the delivery room was very limited. I never thought you could have this like open door policy in the (laughs) delivery room like that. Yeah. And Marissa like ran all in there. Yeah. Like she like, you know, moved security out of the way. She's like, where's my friend? Where's my friend? She's giving back. (laughs) Just ran through everything. But yeah. I mean, for my, um, for my niece's birth, I was in the room for a little bit. Um, until it got, uh, well, I was I, I was there with them, probably because I had nothing to do, so I was just hanging, just hanging out. <laughs> it's kill time before set. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, so she's about to be born. No, a few hours. All right, I'll be back. Um, 
I that literally happened. And when I came back, uh, the grandmothers were there. I think one of the grandfathers was there, and maybe a few other friends. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, they 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 keep they allow a few people here and there. But then again, it might depend on like the situation. If it's like a dangerous kind of possible mm. issue at birth, they might like clear it out with like just like the close ones. But for the most part, they allow folks in. I don't know about now, now, but I mean at the time, yeah. Uh, we had TB's Judith Light give her <laughs> garage door garage door speech. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, do, are you happy to see the car when you come home? Uh, we talk about it briefly as a, a sitcom, some sitcom cheese. Uh, but yeah, when she comes back and she sees the car of her friends, she's happy. And then there's just, she's not feeling so great about the Colin situation, it, it seems like. Yeah. I, you know, I think what really gets me about this moment is if I gave birth and I was home for the first time, I don't care who you are. I do not want you there. <laughs> the idea that she actually wants them there in this moment. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I, I get the, I get the sentiment, but mm-hmm. I don't I trust think it. Maybe she just didn't want to be alone with Colin. Probably. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We had to Good justify point. her mom's story. <laughs> we have <some> justification. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. shared that story for a reason. We have to see how you feel. We need a car. <laughs> we can't see a garage, but we'll get a car and your reaction. Um, but yeah, but I can relate all- to that. She was already in the car. She was in Colin's car, so she, you can't use it, that term. Oh, there. yeah. Like, get out, you look. I guess I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm home. I, 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 I do feel for a show that is usually so good about, uh, you know, building these friendships very slowly over time, the show kind of just decided to tell us, like, oh, guess who's best friends now? Maya and Luca. They love <laughs> each other. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. When did that happen? Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear I hear you on that, but at the same time, like when when I when I was in trade school and I lived in Pittsburgh for a few years, um, you could know somebody for like a month or two and be like best friend up there because you're sh- you're sharing traumatic experience. Well, yeah, that was a traumatic experience yeah. up there. Um, so the way I see it, with everything that's going on, especially with the that they, they just phased her her first lawyer right the fuck out and Luca became her lawyer. Uh so I think I think they, they bonded over that. Um Marissa is nosy and she's loving everybody's shit so she's best friends with everybody. Um mm-hmm. or wants to be like I think I think I said Maya but I meant Marissa. Oh okay. I meant the um, other young white woman. But <laughs> but um I mean here's the thing when when that came up uh I just I like seeing the depth to the characters and the fact that like who would even think that Luca was even a bit religious? And the fact that they were saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as the baby is born, he's being christened. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Luca. Hello, nice to meet you. Where, where'd you come from? So, um, yeah, and the fact that, like, she genuinely smiled when she saw them, like, finally, I'm not alone with this jackass. And then that was the whole thing. So that was cool. Uh, on that a little bit, uh, I know a ton of uh, people that are not practicing that still do those things. Uh, like my nephew, or, um, no, well, my nephews and my niece most recently get go through the whole process. Um, I mean, no one's really practicing. It's just like uh, in case. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I that's that what, in the episode. 
Yeah, that's what a, a family friend of mine always said, like when he decided to baptize their kids and everything, they were like, I don't believe in it, but I'm not taking a chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't hurt. Fair. What if I'm wrong? <laughs> yeah. my, my, my family justification, I always remember my mother told me when I was like 13 and a half years old, she said, you're going to get confirmed and your grandmother's going to see it. And as long as she sees it, you never have to go to church again. I promise you just you do it for her, do it for her. And it does, it doesn't, that doesn't feel no, like that's not what's happening here. That if Judith Light wasn't in the picture, maybe it'd be a little uh, less important. But as long as Judith Light's in the picture, that baby's getting some water on its head. <laughs> uh, all right, let's hit some winners and losers. Uh, let's start with the losers. Molly. Um, I'll say, uh, Diane, even though I think there's some winning elements to her situation long term, I don't think she's out of the water totally at this, you know, yet. And I, yeah, a lot of her mistakes came to light in this episode. So she gets it for me. Came to Judith Light. Uh, Jack. <laughs> I, uh, losers, right? Mm -hmm. I escaped for a second there. Uh, a loser uh, in this episode. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got to go uh, with our boy Enrico, uh, yeah. you know, granted, I, I will not weep for an ICE agent losing his job, um, but uh, on paper, yeah, he lost his job uh, and was punished for doing a contextually good thing, uh, which is a shame when it does happen, uh, although I will not weep for the person that happened to. See ya. Um, I, my loser is going to be the lawyer song. <laughs> um, cause yeah, it, uh, even though in that scene, I was trying to find things that rhymed with lawyer, um, didn't mean I liked it. Um, I hated it and I hated that, um, instead of them actually trying to solve something it led to that. And we ended up having to hear it in the ending credits. Um, so it just came right back at the end of the show. Uh, so that's going to be my loser. But in a more finished version i have to go back yes. and watch that uh that scene because uh, i did not realize that that was the the guy from the good wife who appears several times that's, that's so funny. i'm like 98 percent certain it was because they were yeah, the same I'm role oblivious. they were they were both drama teachers uh king uh my initial loser was uh i like to call him pretty pretty rico um <laughs> but he was already taken so i think I think my loser. I think my loser is is, is a is a Tweedledee and Tweedlejackass, uh, the two um, the two FBI agents who tried to appear so so genuine and, and so yeah we just want to you know the job offer this is all of the job offer when really we're just sneaking behind your back working with ICE to try to pin you on something but yeah just just a job offer um, so yeah screw uh, screw those two. Um, they really turned heel real quickly, even though when I've seen them, I didn't trust the, I didn't trust the red-haired one. I don't know what it was. She just reminded me of a teacher that, I, that didn't like me. So I was like, you know what? She got evil in her heart. I can see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like them. Okay. Uh, for me, loser was also uh, Enrico, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, the hospital staff. Uh, because there is a lot of strong personalities coming through those doors uh, this particular day that they're going to have to deal with. And they're not all pleasant. And even the pleasant ones are still going to be pretty fucking annoying. 
All right, so let's hit the winners, King. Uh, my winner is, uh, I can't remember his middle name, but Baby Joey. I think he's the winner. Uh, he's being born to an affluent lifestyle uh, before he's even alive. His mother is a well-known lawyer. Uh, his father is a soon-to-be senator, statesman, congressman. Uh, so his life is basically going to be a really good sitcom on ABC. So um, I'm excited to see that. Plus, he has two crazy grandmothers. And there's three kinds of grandmothers you can have. Religious, crazy, non-existent. So if you got two crazy <laughs> ones, you can get a shitload of gifts. Um, and it, wait, is Colin isn't, Colin isn't Jewish, is he? Or is he? No, I thought, I thought Colin was Jewish. No, I think they're I Italian, right? I thought, I thought, that's what I thought. Oh, I mean, okay, never mind. Yeah. If that was the case, Italian. that was... That'd be Christmas and Hanukkah, which, I mean, thank you, please. Uh, but no, yeah, that, yeah, uh, baby Joey, he's the winner. Tia? Um, my winner, what's funny is I literally wrote friendship as my winner. <laughs> um, so I won't, I won't use that. Uh, I'm going to say Adrian, uh, just because all the crap he had to deal with at that meeting and just kind of you know, still trying to problem solve, but just chilling in the cut and realizing, wow, they don't know how to execute. They don't know what they're doing and using that to his advantage. Um, even as Julius was like, really? You can't, you wouldn't. And he's like, yes, we can. Um, so <laughs> so I, I like that. I really looked up to that moment um, for Julie, or not Julie, for Adrian. So Adrian's my winner. Jack. Uh, for a winner, uh, I gotta give it to Kurt. Gotta give it to Kurt. Uh, he got he got the love of his yeah got the love of his life back uh, avoided the attention of the FBI uh, and you know I, he got laid so that's that, that's a win that's a win mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Molly um I'll I'll say Luca because she's she's got a baby now she's a mom <laughs> that's pretty cool and she's got two super best friends so. She's she's all set. Uh, I'm going to. I don't have anything as a backup, so I'm going to stick with uh, Kurt uh, for all reasons previously mentioned, uh, and that will do it for this episode. Our next episode is going to be our winners and losers for the season, as well as our Stone Cold Locks. Reddick, Bozeman, and Lockhart present the Stone Cold Locks for the Good Fight season. The Stone Cold Lockharts. <laughs> oh. Uh, Stone Cold Lockhart's, and it's uh, where we make our predictions. Me, Tia, and Keen will pick three predictions that we think could happen in season three, and Jack and Molly will score them on a scale from one to ten, one being very easily uh, happening, and ten being uh, it's pretty fucking hard to happen. Um, scientific terms. Um, thank you, Tia. Thank you, Keen. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Jack. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.